and welcome to the first Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast of 2021. My name is Andy Warren, sitting in in the host's chair for Mark Heath to start the year off. And I'm joined by a man who is wearing some chunky knitwear, but is also now learning how to mess about with emojis on Skype and needs to grow up a little bit. That's Stuart Watson. Hi, mate. Grow up, my boy. Grow up, my boy. We haven't seen each other for quite a long time, have we? It's the longest we haven't seen each other in, in ages. Mm. Yeah, it has been a while, hasn't it? Um, with all with all the call-offs. Um, are you well? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Are you, are you enjoying a, li- a little break from each other? It's good to give each other space in in the kind of wow. relationship that we have, isn't it, now and again? just you, you say a break. I mean, we are probably averaging about six or seven phone calls a day, backwards and forwards. Um, not mm. on Christmas Day. We did, we did draw the line there. Um, yeah, the the well, the one day where you were allowed to bubble up and see people, we left it. We left each other alone. No Ipswich Town chat on Christmas Day, but now we are now we are back and discussing football in every medium possible. Um, joining us to do just that is a, is a a man who, like me, is sporting a burgundy a burgundy top. Ron Burgundy. Ross Halls, Rossi, you've survived Christmas. You've made it to another to another year. Congratulations! Didn't think you'd do it for large parts of 2020, but here you are. How are you? How are you? Yeah, still standing and um, loving my burgundy jumper. I honestly, I'm living in this at the moment. I have washed it, but um, I just love this jumper. And I just yeah, love burgundy. But uh, yeah, good Christmas. A lot of food consumed, and uh, now need to run it off because I'll probably put on a stone. But yeah, a stone's worth. How many Jaffa cakes do you need to eat to put on a stone? Ooh, hmm. athletes, you know, eat Jaffa cakes. So you know, athletes. Yeah, I've seen I've you seen pictures eat... of Rio Ferdinand eating Jaffa cakes. So you know, it's out closed. Good for you, and you're obviously you're pounding the streets of Kesgrave as an athlete yourself. So, so yeah. that is perfect. This is obviously the first pod of of twenty twenty one. 2020 ended with uh, no football for the final 16 days of it. And 2021 has begun with us all back in a fresh kind of, kind of lockdown, which is, um, which is great. How do we all, how do we all feel about that? And then also obviously football is continuing. So there's some kind of outlet for us all there, but how are we all feeling uh, with this latest swing in our dramatic last few months? Um, Christmas Christmas was different and Christmas was nice because normally it's a very hectic time of year for us obviously racing around trying to cover football matches and, and squeeze in various family commitments so for it to just be the three of us at home my wife and my little girl was, was quite nice and quite chilled but then I kind of saw all of these sort of spate of social media sort of posts over New Year about how blessed people were to have spent time with their loved ones and we are allowed to say that they're getting on our tits a little bit as well aren't we like we've everyone's been living under each other's toes for the best part of a year now come on let's let's be true to ourselves everyone's getting a bit narked with each other aren't they <laughs> is, is that is your wife currently standing by the door you keep you keep you keep glancing at the door <laughs> while we're doing this mine mine is currently downstairs trying to keep a, a two-year-old quiet um but yeah it's 
it, it highlights quite a lot of the irritations, doesn't it? Don't keep leaving the peanut butter knife out on the sides. You know I'm slightly allergic to peanuts. Don't don't just leave the knife there. Put it in the dishwasher. That didn't bother me this time last year. Now, ground, grounds for divorce? Is that, is that fair? Is that <laughs> fair? Uh, homeschooling is back. Happy days. What's your specialist subject in in the homeschool? In the homeschool, specialist subject is lock myself in the spare room <laughs> and uh, record podcasts whilst leaving all the heavy lifting to my wife. Um, yeah, your Claire's going to be shocked at how many of these we record, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, just oh, every day now they want they want one every single day just for four hours at a time. <laughs> I can hear talk. my. I can hear my daughter crying now as well, which is, you know, I'm I'm locked in now. Can't possibly help out with that. <laughs> Ross, what about you? What's uh what's your home situation like? I've um I've actually got myself a proper setup now. Before I was, you know, in my bed on the sofa <laughs> with a blanket. But of um for me to be more productive, I think actually having a proper desk in play and just actually having a, a setup where I can work properly. Is uh, done well so far for the first few days of 2021. So uh, hopefully I don't go back into my bed while I work, but um, it possibly could. But yeah, wait and see. I mean, it's only taken 10 months for you to for you to do that. Um, <laughs> so so well done. Yeah. But uh, yeah, another another lockdown. It was going to come, weren't it? Um, but yeah, it is what it is, and uh, we'll just uh, move on. We will. And the difference with this lockdown is is that Ips- Ipswich Town continue. The League One season rolls on. Obviously, the last the last four games have been called off due to due to COVID outbreaks, both at Ipswich. Stuart's had his lunch delivered. That looks lovely. Um, it's a finger sandwich, if you ask him. Well, the ki- that is the king of lunches, and that's probably what I'm going to do straight after this. Um, yeah, last four, four four Ipswich games called off due to COVID, both in the Ipswich camp and then also. The book ended by by Peterborough and Fleetwood having issues. First bite, Watson, and he goes. This is an absolute shambles. Um, but how do we how do we feel about how do we feel about football continuing now? It a good thing, good to have that outlet. Ross, I'm going to go to you. She's got a, a mouthful of a fish finger. Are you happy that the the football's carrying on during this one? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, with, with the mental health and stuff, I think for a lot of people, well, support and town is probably not an escape because um, for obvious reasons. But I think, you know, now we've got the regular testing in the EFL, which is good. Um, but just for something for us to do as well, as uh, people who cover football for a living, it's, um, it's good when uh, our team that we cover are actually playing. So that's good. And, you know, they've got a lot of games to, to play. So it's good that they're continuing <laughs> Ross, keep talking. He he wants an. He's absolutely gagging for another bite of that. But no, Stu's no. look. He's, no, he's, no. he's staring down the camera, trying to work out whether he, it's his turn to talk about coronavirus and football. While actually, what he wants to do is take a massive bite out of his fish finger sandwich. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, Mark Heath. We need him. It's rudderless without him, isn't it? This is an absolute shambles. Um, yeah, regular testing. I, I, Ipswich players are, have been sporadically tested, haven't they? We've heard that from Paul Lambert a few times over the last few weeks. Sporadically tested over over the season to date. It does sound like the EFL are getting wheels in motion for a 
for a more regular testing pattern of twice twice weekly, which is in line of, of where the Premier League are at. Although kind of led led to believe that Ipswich haven't been told that that's 100% in place as of yet. So that still is up in the air. But that that's what this needs, isn't it, Stu? Um, if we can trouble you for a second. Um, that's what this needs, isn't it? We, we've spoken about this at length. Testing is what is going to allow this football season to continue uh, at League One level. That's what has to change. Other, otherwise, it's hard to see how that's going to happen. Yeah, testing underpins all of it, doesn't it, to uh, to make it as safe as possible. There's no way of making this 100% safe. There's no getting away from that. If Manchester City are getting COVID cases and having a game called off, that's um, a Premier League club with probably some of the world's leading medical facilities there. So um, it, it's spreading nationally at an alarming rate at the moment. Um, but testing will give clubs the best possible chance of getting these games ahead. Um, there definitely is a debate that, that as much as we want this to go ahead because it's our livelihoods and as much as, as Ross says, football fans want this to, to keep going because it's providing a welcome distraction to... Uh, to everything else that's going on in the world at the moment, whether your team is playing good, bad or indifferent. There is also a part of me that feels like it doesn't quite sit right that everything else in the country is going into shutdown, but people can still uh, people can still play football and travel around the country. And it's slightly strange and doesn't quite sit right with me. But if, if they can get the testing right, then I suppose it's the same element of risk for for other jobs and other industries that, that are still going ahead. Um, so, yeah, who's going to pay for it is, is the big question now, isn't it? Um, the onus very much is on the clubs at the moment. It's not cheap. The testing, the type of testing that the football clubs need to do is still £125 a head and you're testing 50, 60 people per time. You know, that that's a lot of money if you're having to do that twice a week at a time when there's no gate receipts uh, for the foreseeable future. So... Um, the EFL needs to step in. I know they're getting the bailout money soon, but that, that bailout money is kind of put aside to cover up other shortfalls. Um, if I was a player, I'd be I'd be pushing on the PFA as, as a union to kind of get involved as well and make, and make sure that their members are as safe as possible. So, um, yes, hopefully they can sort this, this testing programme out properly in the, you know, as soon as possible. Mm. It's... Um, it, it... It sounds like a, a weekly bill for this for clubs is around eight thousand pounds a week, which for for Ipswich, you know, is an unwelcome expense. For other clubs, that's an expense that they simply can't handle. Um, it does sound as if on this now this is finally coming to some kind of head and something's finally going to be done with it. It does sound like that money uh, from the EFL reserves may be part of the bailout money some pressure onto the PFA. It does sound like the central pot is going to fund it, which is which is entirely necessary, particularly for League One and, and League Two. But but Ipswich kind of went most of the season doing well with this. I think they were they were pleased with the protocol that they've put in place. They were happy with how that was working. They're pretty stringent on it, very tight at the training ground, haven't opened the building up um aside from some players who were using the gym for rehab. Um, they were very pleased with the protocol that was working. I think they would have been praised by the EFL for how it was working until that is and until December when 
when Stu, there was a real, you know, a real, um, a real outbreak at the club, a serious one, one that led to two games being being called off, put the Fleetwood game in doubt as well before Fleetwood Fleetwood had their own issues, which saw that one one called off. So I think it was eleven positive tests in the end, wasn't it, to staff and to players? That's a serious outbreak, and 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 some some people there not. You know, it, it did it did impact people. It's a real it's a real thing. It's not just a, a thing that's postponing football matches. It's it's something that's impacting individuals as well. Yeah, I spoke to Leo Neil last night. Um he's obviously one of the three members of staff that that contracted the virus and it shocked me how hard he's been hit by this. Um he got his positive test result. Um on his 39th birthday. So that was a nice a nice card from the NHS. Um, so he's a relatively young, fit, healthy guy. And I think I certainly have maybe been a little bit blasé about, well, if I get it, you know, should be should be okay to kind of deal with it and, and move on. But it has hit him hard. He was still 10 days on or maybe a couple of weeks on now from having it. I could hear his breathing wasn't great. He was coughing. He said that it was scary, frightening for him. Didn't know which way it was going to go. His breathing has been really affected. It's it's kind of passed through his household. His little little boy who's two has, has been a little bit unwell with it as well, with temperatures and, and things. So when you hear people firsthand starting to kind of spell out what, what this can be like, it's... Um, it, it puts it into perspective, really, in terms of you know where football sits in amongst all of this as well. Yeah, for sure does. Um, thankfully, it seems like everyone's coming through the other side of it. The players, by all accounts, the players that were impacted haven't haven't shown strong symptoms. And and as things stand, we're, we're sitting here recording on Tuesday. As things stand, Ipswich are back in action on on Saturday when uh, when Swindon visit for a televised televised game in league one that's live on sky at half past five but before then the club I, th- I believe it's this morning now rather than monday the club of the players have been tested um every player in the efl is going to be tested this week as part of a mandated round of testing agreed some time ago their ipswich players all being tested this morning so there's you know that there's every chance it's not impossible that more positive tests come back from that and i think we should certainly be be bracing ourselves across the leagues for further outbreaks, shouldn't we? It's it's hard to imagine that this round of testing isn't going to bring back some some real positives, potentially. Every chance. Is it half of League One now, I think? We must be up towards, I think at the last count, was 11 or 12 clubs that have had games postponed due to, due to outbreaks. Um, we're getting to the stage now, if clubs are calling off two, three games at a time with it, that... They're going to struggle to get all the fixtures squeezed in if 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 the season is to finish by May the eighth, which is the the scheduled end date. Um, once Ipswich have rescheduled this Wimbledon game, I think there's only there'll be six free midweek slots left to to work with. So um, Ipswich's stance on this is that perhaps a circuit a two week circuit breaker might help Ipswich have effectively had their own two-week circuit breaker now but if it enables the rest of the the clubs in in the lower leagues to kind of get their their houses in order a little bit in terms of of protocols and get the testing program all sorted out start again in a couple of weeks and then extend the season um it has to go beyond may 
people have talked about the, the European Championship sort of being being a factor, but for Leagues 1 and 2, that the amount of players involved in those would be minimal. So um, it was proven last season with, with the way that the Premier League and the Championship was, was extended via a, a stringent testing programme. Um, that's that's the only way I can see this this season being finished properly. Yeah, I, I would agree on that. Um, obviously, this, this podcast um, comes in January. Uh, the large bulk of this, we're going to be talking about the January the January transfer window, what that might mean for Ipswich, potential ins, potential outs. But just before we move on to that, one little piece of news over the last few days, kind of transfer related, is Idris El Mazzouni is back at Ipswich, um, had the loan at Cambridge cut short. Um, Ross, what do you what do you make of that? What, do, what role do you see Idris playing now that he's back at Ipswich? Um, I, I noticed that you're now no longer at your desk. Are you back on the bed? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, because um, Sasha, my girlfriend, she's she's at home today and she was in the bedroom. Now she's in the living room where my desk is and uh, she needs to, to cook some lunch. So I went, OK, I'll come in here. But um, back on the bed to talk about Idris El Mazzouni. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it's good good uh, segue. Uh, I wasn't surprised, to be fair, because there was an option, weren't there, in the season-long loan that there was an option for him to be possibly recorded in January and like, I don't know what the update is on all the midfielders that got injured, um, but obviously he can add that creative spark that we need. And, you know, hopefully he, he will get an opportunity to play. He's shown the ability he does have. And I think Lambert's a big fan of him because he has used him a lot during his time as town manager. Um, so hopefully we'll see a bit of him. Um, or will he get loaned out again? We'll see. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if he was involved. I wouldn't be surprised at all, actually, if he was on the bench at the at the weekend. As long as the game goes ahead, he on the face of it, that that loan to Cambridge looked absolutely perfect for him, didn't it? It's a club he did well at last season. The same manager, the same setup there. But I think circumstances have just gone against him a little bit. Obviously, he was recuperating from a knee ligament injury, which ended the initial spell. So he hadn't had an awful lot of football um, before going back there, which which hampered him a little bit, although he did play pre-season with Ipswich. Um, but when he got, when he did eventually get there, Cambridge were on such a roll. They're going, they're going really well at the top of the top of league two, firmly in the, the playoff promotion mix up there. Um, Not anymore though. Not anymore. <laughs> they're out of the playoffs yeah. now. Yeah, they're, they're they're still they're still in the mix, still aren't they? About, I think so. They, but they, they they were going like an absolute train when he got there, um, yeah. which makes it hard for anyone to break into a side, especially given that they signed Mr. Wesley Houlihan, who obviously we know far too well um, in these in these parts. Idris spent a lot of his time kind of coming off the bench on the left of a mid a flat midfield four, which doesn't necessarily suit him they played a 4-4-2 so his number 10 position didn't really exist and when it did Houlihan got the nod there so sadly he made a fair few appearances but not many of them starts at all and um, ultimately he's ended up coming back which I think will benefit everyone I'm sure he was probably wanting to come back and play games he'd have seen Dobber and McGavin playing some games here but on the other side of things, I believe Cambridge are after a bit more, a bit more pace in 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 the wing areas as as well. So maybe that maybe that suited maybe that suited everyone. Everyone, Stuart Watson, your mic is muted. Are you uh, are you still are you still eating your sandwich? 
Yeah, turn the video off. Smashed half of that while you was having a little chat. Talk me through, talk me through fish finger sandwiches. Then I, I feel I wanted to get into this higher up, higher up in the podcast, but um, I've, I've resisted. What's what's going on? What's going on in there? How many fish fingers? What style of bread? What kind of sauces are you are you going for in there? Give me all the details, please. Uh, okay, um, two two slices of bread, four four fish fingers, uh, plenty of tomato ketchup. Ideally, the bread would be thick white bread, but it's uh, it's a bit of Hovis fifty fifty, I believe. Is that enough detail? Um, yeah, that's, that's fine. Are you putting butter in there? Um, yeah, yeah, a bit of butter in there. Good tartar sauce. Is that? No, behave. Uh, I haven't got that. I haven't got that just knocking about the house. Everyone's got it knocking about the house. It's probably out of date, but surely you've got some in the house, just like two years out of date in the fridge. That, that's how everyone keeps their tartar sauce, isn't it? Or is that just me? It's just, well, I can't speak for everybody, but I'm not going to speak. In an ideal world, I'm having one slice of the bread, ideally white, as you say, um, with tomato sauce, and the other half, um, the other half is tartar. That's what okay. I'm. That, that's what I'm doing. And fish finger, the fish finger number is entirely dependent on how wide the bread is, because I want, the, I want those fish fingers stretching from coast to coast of the bread. So if it requires five, I'm not scared to do it. Um, but on the, at the same time, I'm I'm not going to double stack either, because that puts you in all kinds of. All kinds of all kinds of trouble from my experience. Um, do you have anything to say about Idris El Mazzuni before we move on? Uh, no, I think um, the more players, the better for this schedule uh, because we've, we've talked about how many games are going to come thick and fast. We've seen how the injuries have, have mounted up. Um, he might he might go out on loan again. I think Ipswich. This might act as a nice segue. I think Ipswich are looking to add a bit of creativity to the squad during the January transfer window. So maybe if they get the players they want, that might that might see Idris go out on loan to someone else. But I'd be inclined just to keep him about for uh, emergency purposes because things can change in a, in a heartbeat at the moment with, with injuries. Nice try on the segue. Um, oh. it, it is good, It's but you have maybe gone a little bit too early, too early. in oh. relation to... you've te- What you've done there is you've teased, you've teased the listener. Yeah. Um, because that we are going to get to the the creativity, we are going to get to that, but um, not now, not not now. And and on the little plan which I've I've got up on my screen, I've I've got Mark's big question planned. Okay. Um, but I, I'm going to do it, so it's going to be Andy's big big question. Is is that all right with you if we if we do that, and then maybe we could do the segue. Let me try. Hang on. Let me start again. Right. So um, Idris El Mazzuni. Personally, I'd keep him around, but you know, there's a big question as to whether he'll stay or whether he'll go out on loan. What a wonderful segue, Stuart! It's as if you knew that the next the next point on the plan is Mark's big question. Uh, Andy's big question. Andy's big question. Question. Right. No, Mark Heath, but that doesn't mean there's not a big question. I've got a big question, and it's a would-you-rather question. And, Ross, I want your thoughts on this first. 
Today's big question is, would you rather be a dragon or have a pet dragon? Ooh. Um, do, I, do, do I marry a donkey in the long term? That's Shrek, right? Yes. Is that a Shrek? Yeah, little Red Razor. Well, if you are if you are the dragon, um, you can do whatever you want. You can marry a donkey. Yeah. You can, if that's part of your plan, just talk talk me through talk me through your thinking. Yeah, I think I'd rather be a um be a donkey, donkey. <laughs> be, be a dragon, um, because yeah, there's too much responsibility for having a dragon. It'll you know it'll be a good fun, but being a dragon, you know, you're massive, you breathe fire, but then you live in a castle. And, you know, protecting a princess. There's a lot of responsibility there as well. But, no, yeah, dragon all, all day long. So you're taking the one with the least responsibility, is that? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Is yeah. that? And breathing fire. Yeah. Okay. What's in your thoughts? Do you, do, you have, um, do you have some questions? Are there any questions? That any you questions? Uh, am I, so have I lived my life to this point and then I suddenly just transform into a dragon or am, am I starting again? No, this is, this is you, as of, you've been Stuart Watson up until 12.41 on, right. on, the, on the 5th of January 2021. Um, now your choice is you either get a pet dragon dropped off this afternoon, or mm -hmm. you are, or you become one. Um, pet, pet dragon, no doubt about it. I think it would be a real shock to, to everyone that knows me if I suddenly <laughs> just sort of rocked up as a dragon. Um, change of career, everything changes overnight. Pet dragon... Uh, just I could make loads of money off of that. Uh, don't know some sort of circus, Jurassic Park type. That's what I'd do actually. I'd, I'd try and sort of set up a Jurassic Park type theme park where I'd somehow kind of get scientists involved, clone clone it, make them make some sort of dragon theme park. So you're um, going straight from one dragon to becoming a breeder, kind of yeah. imme immediately. Do you, do you feel like you would need to? perhaps master looking after one or maybe do a little bit of learning of how to look after a dragon before breeding or are you just gonna just I, gonna go straight I recently off? watched how to train your dragon over the christmas holidays that was on telly so i feel like there would probably be a sort of a a connection there i've watched game of thrones as well so it's just like horse whispering and that isn't it you just i guess you just gently rest my forehead onto the dragon's forehead, there would be an instant sort of connection and deep spiritual knowing, and then I'd just jump on his back and we'd we'd sort of have a great time. Think of the travel as well. You'd be, like, if we're talking Game of Thrones here, Daenerys on, on there is, is, she's not having it, she's got no issue with travel there at all. Imagine she? us two rocking up at, like, the Wham Stadium in Accrington, just landing on, on the centre circle on our dragon. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah we struggle for car parking as it is particularly at the wham stadium so that would um that would remove all of those obstacles you'd never get a pitch called off because you a game called off for a frozen pitch we could just like hire our hire the dragons out to football league clubs to kind of breathe under those big tents that they've got mm -hmm. um so many uses so many i was thinking i might be a dragon actually but so many uses i'm now tipping towards potentially having a pet one. I, all of the Jurassic Park films ended well, didn't they? So in terms of your kind of breeding programme, that's yeah. not going to cause any issue at all, is it? No, that'll be fine. Yeah, that'll be fine. And Suffolk does need a new tourist attraction, particularly coming out of 
you know, coming out of, of COVID and everything, what what a way to bring the people back to back to Suffolk. They've been talking about this snow oasis place, haven't they? At Great Blakenham for years. Ditch that. Watson's got um Watson's got a dragon farm. Um right. How are you gonna segue this into transfer news from here then, Mr. Segway? Um, hmm. Breathing life into the breathing life into the second half of Ipswich's season. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, put a fire under the light a fire under the club heading into uh it isn't even the second half of the season, is it? I keep calling it the second half of the season. It really isn't. They've only played a third of the games. This whole thing's all skewed. Anyway, transfer transfer news, that's what people really want to talk about. It's not dragons. Um it's January, which means all, all the talk is around what Ipswich are going to do, how they're going to inject something into this squad. Um, Stu, you've already mentioned you spoke to Lee O'Neill and, and as well as discussing everything that, that he's been dealing with, both with his in terms of his family life over the last the last few weeks due to COVID, you, you also spoke to him about about what's going on in his work life in terms of in terms of transfers. So what can you what can you tell us? there from from his the insight that he's offered into into how Ipswich are going to go about their business over the course of the the next month yeah um to give you in sort of bullet point fashion I think uh point one is that they want to add some extra creativity to the squad there's a sense that um they're not scoring enough goals and I think after much thought they feel like they've got four strikers uh there already obviously when when Norwood's fit again you've got Norwood Jackson Hawkins and Drynan so um the thinking is that the 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 shortage of goals uh is down to creating enough chances um rather than sort of not taking enough chances so I think they will look to add in the attacking midfield slash number 10 and sort of wide wide forward areas is, is where they'll be looking to add maybe uh, two, possibly three. Um, so the, ne- the next issue on that is then the salary cap. Um, Ipswich are at the max with the two and a half million pound salary cap limit. Um, they've got a little bit of leeway with the sort of 22 uh, man senior squad. I think they're at 21 at the moment, but um, to accommodate the wages of a of a senior player, and that's someone who was 21 at the start of um, 2020. Um, they would they would have to move someone on, either move them on or cut them from the squad. You you register your squad, your 22 man squad, at the end of each transfer window. So come the end of January, um, someone would have to be moved on or just left out of the squad. So that's that's the conundrum that the Ipswich face at this moment in time. So where should we go first with this? We've obviously got exits to talk about and then potential in ins to talk about. What what should we hit first, do you think? Should we go with should we go with exits and who who might be the ones that could potentially make way in that regard? Um there's a there's an obvious candidate isn't there for a, a senior player who who could potentially move on in my mind anyway and and that candidate is rightly or wrongly Janoy Danassian would you agree? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think is the Renaissance over. Um, it feel it feels like a long that feels like a lifetime ago. November November of twenty nineteen when the when the Renaissance was in 
in full in full flow. Um, he hasn't played a league game this season. It's pretty clear that they they just don't they just don't fancy him. He's versatile. He can play right back. He can play centre half. He can play left back. But even still, he he's not he's not making benches. He's travelling the length of the country and staying in in hotels at a time when the the rest of the population are being you know told that's that's not the greatest idea to do and he's doing that to not even make the bench and to me yeah he seems like the most likely to make way um gather he's understand he's been made available for loan and his name's been circulated around the EFL and there's been some bites on that as well Colchester being one um and of course Accrington who uh which is where he came from originally and where he went back on loan at the start of um the start of 2019 that there's an interest there as well but maybe maybe the level of wage that Ipswich are asking for might need to come down before any of those deals get done um Ross how would you feel about a, a departure for Janoy Janoy Danassian it's clear his his face doesn't doesn't necessarily fit in terms of Ipswich Town's league plans but to me to me he's always been solid dependable certainly in a in a defensive defensive sense but just not offering enough going forward to fit into what what Lambert and his coaches want from um from their fullbacks yeah as you said so he's just been solid so I think all the games I've seen him play I thought he's done a decent job uh it's a shame really because you know we had that all that situation where he he was he was on loan then he signed permanently then went out on loan again he had all that sort of going on when he first signed and I just I do feel sorry for him, and as you said, he's been travelling across the country, not even making the bench. He must be just ha- have a good character and just be a good person to be around for the players to to have. Because if if I was a player like that, travelling across the country and not even getting the bench, you just like you'll be miserable. But I'm sure he he looks like a happy go lucky guy. It is what it is, and you know, hopefully, he gets a good low move and an opportunity to play. Because I'm sure he just he's just itching to play. Mm. He's not one of those players who just wants to sit out he wants to play football because he's now at the peak of his career he's like 27 is he 27 yeah. 28 yeah right. he is so obviously he'll be wanting to be playing right now yeah he's certainly a good he's certainly a good character that much is clear um the players the other players like him but the the other obviously the other the other side to this is that yes there's the most likely departure this month is potentially a loan move but his contract is up in the summer and um you would think as long as as long as Paul Lambert is the is the manager and, and nothing changes drastically there, that 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 will be the end of his Ipswich Town um, Ipswich Town career and what an odd Ipswich Town career it's been as well. Um, Stu, another potential departure which doesn't necessarily impact on the senior player kind of squad uh, squad list, um, but is is notable is something something you've reported in the last. Last couple of hours before we started doing this, um, Cory and Darba's heading out on loan, and that to me seems seems like a really, really good decision for a young man that needs to play. Where's he off to? Uh, <clears throat> understand he's, he's going to Air United in the Scottish Championship. Um, that was a loan move that he was set to make um, towards the end of last January. He'd gone up there, impressed on trial. At him, Brett McGavin, and Aaron Drynan all went up to air. There's a relationship up there with with their manager. Um, they decided to take Drynan. Um, they didn't take McGavin and they wanted to take Andaba as well. But um, it then emerged that um, the move couldn't happen because he'd already 
represented two clubs, albeit very briefly, through loan spells at Hemel Hempstead and Chelmsford earlier in the season. Now, in England, non-league moves don't count towards that three-club three limit, um, but in Scotland they do. So um, that's why that didn't happen. Um, obviously, the season then gets suspended in, in March anyway. And then Corey came back, and I, he really impressed me in, in pre-season. Um, thought he looked very, very capable in the games against um, Tottenham and West Ham, particularly. Um, he's a left footer. He's a ball player. Um, he's got a decent stature about him. So he's all, all the things that I think people are looking for in a modern-day centre-back. Um, was a little bit surprised, therefore, that they went for, for Mark McGuinness, of, uh, who's actually younger than, than Corey, to, to maybe sort of block the development of their own player. But, um, yes, he, he needs games to develop. We've, we've seen it with examples, with, with obviously sort of Wolfenden and Downs are the, the prime examples. Go out and get games. Um, and uh, that, that's what he needs. So I don't know how that level of football will be for him. Um, obviously, did Drynan... Um, some good last season to go up to air and uh, and play a few games up there. We've also seen Tristan Nydam in the past go up to Scotland and barely kicked a ball at St Johnston. So um, some loan moves work, some don't. We've just been discussing El Mazzuni earlier. Hopefully this one does for Corey and Dar because um, from what I've seen of Corey, um, I think he's got, got a bright future. It seemed to be by his own admittance, perhaps a sort of an, an attitude and, and focus issue why he kind of didn't make the breakthrough when Paul Lambert first arrived, but um, Lambert's spoken about him coming back with a real maturity this year, and um, hopefully there's some some big things ahead for him. I hope so because he's got for me he's he's been someone that I've, I've I've always thought has got all the attributes, just needs to put them together, and, and I think he's outgrown under 23s football now. There's a few of them that would have done that, and Darba being one, El Mazzuni another, Armando Dobro is one as well who. It feels that they've out they've outgrown playing at Playford Road on a Monday lunchtime now and need to be playing regular football. Obviously, Lambert wanted Dobra to go, didn't he? Wanted him to go to Crawley back in October. Um, Armando opted against that. I do wonder whether, depending on what level of recruitment is done this month, that might that might change. That might be on the table again come the end of the month potentially with Dobro. We've mentioned El Mazzuni as well. Then there's obviously a load of young players below that. Your, your Tyree Simpsons of this world, Tommy Hughes, Tommy Smith that that may get, you know, maybe National League loans um, potentially as they look to get them experience. That's something Ipswich have always tried to do in the last few windows, but it's, it's easier said than done, isn't it? I also wonder whether Brett McGavin potentially, depending on fitness of of the the army of midfielders that are currently working their way back to fitness, Flynn Downs, Cole Skews, uh, Teddy Bishop. Am I missing anyone? John Nolan's been injured, hasn't he? All all of those. If they suddenly come back to fitness by by the end of the month, whether they might, whether Brett McGavin's done enough to get a decent League Two move, um, potentially and play twenty games between between January and May would also be one that I'd be considering. But in terms of the more senior guys, um, more senior players, can we see any more senior departures to potentially be it for, for money or or potential loan exits? Struggling to see for, for money, to be honest. There's, who would you look at as sort of financial assets to Ipswich Town at this very moment in time? It feels like that Flynn Down ship has sailed. If, if Palace were kind of offering... 
derisory money in Ipswich's eyes last summer. Well, the, the price has certainly hasn't gone up because he's not played since then and he's, he's only just working his way back from injury. So I can't see anything happening on that front. Likewise with Caden Jackson, who's um, not played huge amounts, be it through, uh, was it groin injury to start with and then, and then a COVID sort of break for, for him. So I can't see Ipswich getting the same sort of money that Bourne have had on the table um, last summer. The only difference with, with him is that he's going into the final few months of his contract, but Ipswich do have the option to extend that by 12 months. So they're protected there. Um, Andre Dezel, I know he's just signed a new contract, but I'm sure there's there's sort of buyout clauses and things inserted into that. Maybe if somebody has been really impressed with what Andre's been doing, if someone came in with, with really good money, but I, I don't think those sort of moves happen in, in January. So I can't see anyone being sold. I think the, the bigger issue would be maybe that if they wanted to bring in two or three over 21s, you might have, and then, you you know, we talked about Genoi moving on would free up one of those. But if you then started to have to find a couple more to kind of move on or leave out, you'd then probably start to look at the, the handful of players that are going to be out of contract in the summer. And, um, you know, we've we've run through all of those, but there there are numerous of them. Um, Emir Hughes, Cole Scoos, Alan Judge, Freddie Sears, um, players of that ilk that if you think it's going one way for them heading towards the summer, um, maybe maybe that's a scenario that you either look to um, move move them on now or come to some sort of agreement over a contract with, with a player of, of that type. Um, that's the kind of balancing act that Ipswich face. Gwion Edwards is the other one. Ipswich is he's one of the few players that they don't have an option on. They took that last year. So the way Guion's playing, there might be clubs sort of looking at him. And if you think that you're powerless to keep him in the summer because championship clubs are going to be in for him, um, do you do you take some money now rather than nothing in the summer? Um, for me, I'd, I'd rather keep him and hope that he plays the way he did in the first half of the season and and uh, and take that risk. And, and I think his value to the team is greater than any sort of money that you could claw back for him now. Yeah, I think you'd be looking at clawing back a a real fraction of the seven hundred grand that was paid out, wouldn't you? You wouldn't be getting anywhere close to that now. Um, but that's an interesting one, one Guion, because um, thinking back to last March, I was sat up at the, this is the last time I went to, to Ipswich's training ground. Actually, this was the the day before the Coventry game that ended up being the final game. Of, of last season and and this was at a time where we we you know I know no it wasn't the Covenant it was the day before the Bristol Rovers game that ultimately didn't get played sat we sat and Guion Edwards was the player put up to kind of preview that game at a time where we didn't know if it was going to be called on or off at that time and we, we talked about um we were talking about contracts at that time and he, he said he was keen to sign and that the noti- the negotiations were going on but um, and it looked like it was heading heading that way, but here we are, nearly a, a year down the line now, and that's not um, that's not that's not happened. Ross, I know you would be uh, you'd be a disappointed young man should uh, should the uh, the Guion dream come to an end. But where would you stand if if it was looking like no deal was going to be done, and, and a, a little bit of money came trickling in on on January the January the thirtieth or thirty first? Oh, I just don't see it. I just don't see any club 
even a championship club, you know, okay, he scored a few goals, but he's unfortunately he's been injured. You know, I know he's my boy, which is that that sort of sets out a little bit now because he's been injured. Is just that that sort of thing was going on, but um. I just I don't see anybody coming in and giving us giving money. Definitely, whereas we're a League One club, um, hopefully there is a, possibly a deal on the table for him, possibly. But I'm sure they're going to wait until later down the season to offer you know any contract to anybody. But yeah, I just don't see any money getting offered for for Guion, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, you'd think that he'd be kind of high up the queue of those that are being actually negotiated with at the moment. Obviously, Andre Dezel was the big one who was going to be out of contract with no option protection. They've tied that one up. And then, like Stu said, there are other kind of more fringy in-and-out players like Hughes, Judge, Sears that are at different stages of their career and, and don't really have that resale value, whereas Edwards is slightly different in that regard. We'll, we'll move on from from potential outs to the, the maybe slightly more interesting um interesting section of this the potential ins and just before we get going on this properly could we could we talk about Ched Evans quickly guys because obviously that was a, a link over the weekend um he's going to Preston isn't he that's that 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 is going to happen um it's just a question of when it, it seems but it's a hypothetical one because I don't think there was ever a, a serious chance he would be coming to Ipswich but on a hypothetical level, Stu, is he is he the kind of striker that this Ipswich team needs? On the on the pitch, we're talking here. Um, you've got James Norwood coming back. Uh, this is this is really where it's tough for Ipswich to know how much to add because you could have eight, nine, ten players back from injury soon. But how long is it going to be before they're up to speed? And will there be some fresh setbacks for them or others? It's about making sure that your squad is is deep enough to deal with whatever this crazy schedule is going to be going ahead. I, I wouldn't have been rushing to, to sign Chad Evans because I, I've seen enough from the glimpses of James Norwood this season to think that he can be that main man at the tip of a 4-3-3, I think. He's that's that's where he did it for Tranmere, and I think if he can get him fit, I think he'd be the answer. I think crucially, crucially for Norwood, one is one is fitness, and two, the big thing for Norwood and where so many of his goal, Tranmere goals came from was the supply line, uh, particularly from a number ten position and and from wide as well. And and the way we're talking here is if if those are the positions where Ipswich are trying to to maximise things, that number ten. That number 10 needs to be really tight to James Norwood. They need to be in sync and they need to be tight with each other. They need to be playing together, which often with the with the with the, the kind of number 10 or the central of the three midfielders for Ipswich just hasn't been there, has it? And and that's that's where a lot of the problems have, have come forth for me, as well as well as the wide the wide players again not being tight enough. So I, yes, they're not scoring enough goals, but I think I do think that looking at those creative positions is that that is what's going to make the difference for Ipswich because you would back Norwood to to finish even even recently that that port the goal he scored against Portsmouth I'm not sure Ipswich had another striker that could score that that goal it wasn't a stunning goal it wasn't anything out of this world but it was just a, an incisive clinical finish from a striker who's yeah. who's made a living out of that in recent years and for so long it's felt like unlocking the true James Norwood is what's going to be the what's going to be the difference for this side, isn't it? 
Yes, I think so. Yeah, ultimately, that's what Ipswich have looked at. I think defensively, I think they felt that they've been pretty solid. There was a, there was a run of clean sheets earlier in the season. Um, there are enough options there. I think they feel like they're moving the ball, you know, possession-wise. They're playing well enough, but it's when it gets to that final third, we keep talking about possession without a punch and how often we're going deep into games without shots on target. It's not like there's been hatfuls of chances and you think if you had a a top class striker in there who could take some of these chances it would be different. I just don't think they've they've had enough cutting edge in the final third and that's what they'll be looking to address in this January transfer window. Obviously Teddy Bishop adds adds to that. There's always a question mark over over sort of how many games Teddy can sustain and how far away he is from from his latest injury setback. And I hate to say that and it did feel like you know, even he was saying it felt different. And, and this latest injury, it was just a someone treading on his ankle. It's not like a, a latest breakdown. So hopefully he'll come back and be fine. But um, um, yes, I, th- I think it's it's probably sensible that Ipswich looked to add you know, a bit of creative spark. And uh, I think they've lacked a bit of pace at times as well. I think if they go down the wide player route, I'd like to see someone that's quite pacey and, and direct to play in those, those wide areas as well. Yeah, and one player that, that we know has been targeted in that position is is Luke Thomas, who is currently at Barnsley, has previously been at Derby prior to that. Um, he's left-footed, but can play on either side. Um, he's one that, that we know that they are, they're looking at. He's quick and he's had, a, he's had one particularly good season in the championship with Covent, um, in league one, sorry, with, with Coventry during a loan spell. Um, I remember seeing him play a couple of times there and I, I like the look of him. People that I know that watch Coventry regularly have, have said the same, but he's not managed to do it at Barnsley. I gather largely due to the fact they've not played a system that necessarily suits him. Although saying that he started for them at Norwich just a couple of, just a couple of days ago, but he, he's one that is kind of in, in play potentially takes a lot of boxes because a he's under the 21 limit so he doesn't count towards the salary cap exemption um b he's probably used to playing the style of football that ipswich plays so i think ipswich want people that are kind of ready to hit the ground running he's he has had a handful of starts he's been coming off the bench fairly regularly so it's not like i think they've learned their lessons from from January uh, during the relegation season where they went out and signed Quainer and Bree and uh, Elder and, you know, a whole host of players in that January. And by the time we saw them sort of getting up to speed in front of our eyes and by the time they were anywhere near that, the you know, the season was over. So um, I don't think that Ipswich will be going for players that have just come back from a six-month injury and that are going to take time to get up to speed. Yes, yes, you're getting these players for a reason because they're out of favour, but... Luke Thomas is not out in Siberia. He's kind of been on the fringes and maybe a little bit knocking on his manager's door saying, I, I want to be playing a little bit more than this. And that that's the sort of player that Ipswich will be looking for this this month. Yeah, I think he's he's got close, close to kind of 20, 20 appearances so far this season, albeit largely from the bench. But yes, he's he's been involved. He's trained regularly. He's not had injury, injury trouble. Ross, what do you, um, what do you make of A, those those links and, 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 and B, are there any other areas of the team that you would, you would be looking to, to add in aside from probably we're talking number tens and, and wide players here. Are there any others that you would be looking to bring someone in to cover? 
definitely wide. And as you said, they're looking for a creative player. I think that's what we need. I think someone could just make something out of nothing. I think we've sort of missed that in a bit. Um, for a stri- I don't think we need another striker. Um, definitely, with, as you, you know, you mentioned with James Norwood come back, Chet Evans. When I saw that link, I just went, "Yeah, that's not happening." And um, what's the point? You know, it, it always going to be a six-month deal or something like that because it was never going to be a long-term contract for him because uh, you know his behaviour at Fleetwood and stuff. So uh, move on for that. But yeah, this Luke Thomas guy looks got potential. He's young. He's going to be hungry. He's going to be hungry to impress and wanting to do well. Because didn't he sign for Barnsley for like? 1.2 million or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. A, a lot of money. Um, it, you know, a lot of people will go, How far have we fallen now? You know, loaning players from Barnsley and stuff like that, and Preston you know, with Josh Earl last year. Uh, you know, we, we, we signed Paul Digby once, didn't we, on loan from Barnsley and then permanently. So it's happened before. Uh, but yeah, you know, give, give, you know, the kid a chance. He could give you that different, something different on the wing. Um, but as Stu said, I want someone pacey. I don't know if he is he pacey. Is this guy pacey? Yes. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, you're you're, getting... you're sold. I'm sold. Yeah. Um, I like that. We get hopefully if it does get done, hopefully it gets done sooner rather than later, uh, because I hate it when it's going into weeks into the window and there's nothing's been done. Like we, the only signing we made in January was Josh Earl last year, which was not was a bit it's disappointing really, but. You know us, we love the sexy stuff, as uh, Mark Key says. You know, I think, I think it will happen sooner rather than later. I think they're very keen to do this early in the window. All clubs always say that, but I think time is of the essence to get these people in and bedded in and, and up to speed. So I think there's a few plates spinning at the moment. Um, one from the Championship that might be reasonably close. Um, I would imagine that these signings won't be January the the 30th type situations, January the 31st, they'll be uh, in the next week or so, hopefully. And that's what, when you're juggling salary cap stuff, that's what you need to do, isn't it? You can't be messing about with salary caps on the, on the final day of the, of the transfer window. Cause you need to be, you need to be bang on with this, like going, you know, obviously with salary caps, we talk about American sports. Sometimes they employ people whose sole job it is to manage their salary cap. And this stuff has to be bang on. Otherwise, you're going to start risking um, risking certain punishments and things like that, which is a new world for Ipswich. But going you early... You mentioned American sports there. I mean, I was chatting to with the chat with Lee yesterday. He did talk about the, this is a bit almost like NFL draft type stuff now because he thinks that we're going to see more kind of swapping and trading and sort of as everyone's trying to juggle their own salary caps, if, right, what do you need? I need I need a striker, but we need to get rid of, you know, but you need a goalkeeper and we'll, maybe we can sort of come up with some sort of mutually agreeable trade that, that helps all parties type thing, you know? It's, um, well, that excites me. I'm all in for right, that. Right in your wheelhouse, that. It sure is. You start... Um, you start trading trading players and then uh, in the NFL you get players traded who are part of trades and then get released particularly in the NBA they like release them immediately so cutthroat we'll trade you away but we actually didn't want you we just needed to make the numbers add up let's get let's get brutal like that in league 1 just throw people in trade you've been traded to Barnsley go and go and live in Barnsley maybe for a bit more of that please 
Anyone got anyone anything else to add on uh, on the transfer window? We, we're sure to talk about this plenty over the next few few days, weeks, and the rest of the month. Um, anyone got any anything else to add until we uh, until we take our leave? That's um, one thing they're going to have to look into. Is of course with you know with the lockdown and stuff, players of course having to find a place to stay. Like that's something else the club needs to sort out. Definitely, if their players coming from you know Barnsley is a decent you know distance away from town so I'm sure that there's a lot, a lot of things they have to sort out and I never no, people don't think of that sometimes because some players they stay in hotels don't they but I'm sure I don't know how, how that's going on about this you know this current state of affairs I don't know if just go and hotels. just go and live in the training ground they can yeah, they yeah. can op- open the building up and you can live in there that is that is interesting I've, I've spoken to David David Corn- both David Cornell and Ollie Hawkins about this actually who have moved during covid both of whom until a few weeks ago had never played a game in front of an ipswich fan in their lives but also have have had to move to ipswich at a time where nothing is open um largely and and just haven't it must be it must be so strange to be sort of moving towns during that i know i know people that have moved a friend of mine has recently moved from dubai to canada during during this which is a a strange uh, he's found that incredibly strange moving like that so it's definitely something that needs to be that needs to be factored in isn't it but um right before we call time on this any last call any any more transfer news has anyone got anything they want to throw into the pot before we uh, before we say goodbye uh, i've got one more question for stuart watson unless he's got anything else to raise go on have you finished the sandwich yes Long all gone, gone. All gone. Well done. Both of you were kind of switching your cameras on and off and microphones on and off momentarily during that. Ross, were you were you um were you eating? Was that why your was, camera um, was going on and off? I was I was preparing. Honestly, Stu has got me wanting a fish finger sandwich, like yourself probably. So that's currently in the well, oven. You, you were actually cooking it. That's where you went, was it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Good. Good. Well I've I've been here the whole time. Um I'm gonna go and make my sandwich now um unless anyone's got any other business no other business at all okay in that in that way forward then uh it's time to say goodbye it's time to say thank you for listening it's time to say leave us a review which we we need a few more reviews i think it's it's been a long time since we've had a review uh so we're gonna say goodbye we're gonna say thanks for listening we're gonna say please follow subscribe subscribe to the kings of anglia podcast if you don't already also subscribe to our youtube channel which is busy being populated by by ross and please read what we write on the website it, re- it really helps us thanks for listening guys we'll be back later in the week to hopefully talk about return to action for Ipswich town when they host swindon but take care and we'll speak to you soon from true crime to football brexit to postal more great podcasts from archon head to
Facebook.com/slash/channel/slash/podcast.